to another episode of the Fashion Grunge Podcast. I am Lauren. Hi, I'm Di. What's up, everybody? I guess I decided to come on and do kind of a bonus episode. We're going to just talk about what's going on socially all over the world, but what first started uh, here in the U.S. And it's just, it's been a whirlwind, I guess, two weeks uh, for everyone. We're talking about Black Lives Matter protests. We're talking about social justice reform we're talking about police reform we're talking about a lot of things are going on and there's also a pandemic so (laughs) there's a lot happening and we did record some other episodes on films that obviously i'm gonna release so but i decided to like put this one in as i guess a bonus because it's not about any particular film uh we're just gonna mention uh you know a cool documentary to watch but but yeah so yeah how are you doing jai like how's the vibe where you are like in your area and stuff um i don't i don't really know whether i can say what the vibe is here because i i feel so um alienated to be honest like i don't (laughs) yeah well and also people are still in quarantine like i myself am still in kind of a quarantine so i everything i see is on the news i'm essentially watching things on the news happening five miles down the street yeah but I mean yeah but it's I I'm the one thing that I'm glad about is that it's bringing awareness to uh just people talking about it because that's the most healthy thing is talking about it being educated and you know kind of figuring this out you know in a non-violent way (laughs) yeah I agree I mean if anything it sort of started that conversation and that's obviously a positive thing but I feel that um for example like where I live, and um, there's been more people out, which we sort of... Oh, yeah, about, like, leisurely out, you mean? Well, yeah, sorry. I'm talking about the pandemic. I'm, I mean, yeah. I'm well, it's, yeah, it all kind of goes so, together, yeah. So I saw a lot of people out in this area, but then I walked to Adams Morgan yesterday, and, like, obviously there's, like, a lot more people not wearing masks, and then on Saturday, that big march that happened, um, I, I mean, we went out for like a 15-minute walk and there were so many people. And we don't yeah. even live that close to the White House. We're like an hour walk, I think. Yeah. It, it's about like... Yeah, it's... it's actually, yeah, no, it's, it's like a 35 minutes, sorry. It's oh, okay. Right. Yeah, which is not that far. But um, there was just so many people. And like it is really nice to see people coming together and protesting, obviously. Yeah. Um, it, it is like it is just hard to to think that obviously there's still a pandemic so i know it's just tricky isn't it because it's it's yeah it really is but i'm hoping that we're going to come up on a positive side and maybe the virus will have diminished or something like i'm really hoping yeah. that maybe this will even speed it along to being out faster you know so i'm just trying to think of positive things here because the most important thing is to vote and just be educated you know exactly like, i mean if, and if anything i do feel quite um confident about pe- more people voting because yeah. people are out there like before this whole thing unravel we we were worried that like the pandemic will stop people from going out to vote yeah but now people are going out and they're they're fighting for what you know rights yeah. and everything so um, it makes me think that people are definitely going to go out and vote. And that's oh, I, th- yeah, I think so. I, I think I Snoop think... Dogg the other day said he is actually going to vote for the first time this this fall. 
Oh wow! Isn't that crazy? That's I'm I'm pretty crazy. sure I was reading something about that. Yeah, and I was like, oh no way! Like, I was like, see, like all you kind of need is someone like that. That's that pinpoint. Exactly. Um, like that that can speak to so many different people. All you need is someone like that. Like the fact that yeah, it's all over the news. I just verified it. It's on people and billboard and everything. If if I was like, I mean, I'm a I'm a Snoop Dogg fan. I like him. I didn't know. I had no idea he never voted. No idea right mm. so i think that for a lot of people hearing someone like him you know he's like he's like on you know he's very connected he's very like respected you know what i mean to hear yeah. that he is like i'm planning on voting like that i'm hoping that he'll you know get more people to vote sign people up you know that exactly. kind of thing so so that's yeah. a good thing you know that, that's what i mean i think it's important for those people who have like a huge influence like who are um you know, big celebrities of yeah. some kind to use their their powers, you know, and like to actually reach out to, to people that um when it comes to, to politics and voting and stuff, you know. Yeah. So this is um, this is good, you know. Yeah, no, it is. I thought it was really great to see like some of the people that went out to vote, like sorry, to protest, like um Michael B. Jordan. He oh yeah, California. It's just so inspiring, you know. Did like, you see John Boyega in London? Of I mean, he's my favorite. Oh my gosh, yeah. He's honestly. And Killer Mike, he had a really good speech well, too. Yeah, Killer Mike. I've been watching his, um, you know, like interviews and. Yeah, he's and great. I love. Yeah, he really I love is. Run the Jewels think... is good too. The band that he has. Yeah, yeah, cool. uh, yeah. Matthew likes it. Um, yeah, I'm cool. kind of like fifty-fifty, but either way, like he's a great human, and I think. Um, I, I just think it's really nice when you see people like that you speaking out, you know. Yeah, um, it's it's cool. You have a lot of people who are not doing that, who are definitely yeah. like, really famous, like Kenya West, and you know. Like, yeah, he was out. He was out in Chicago, and he then was? yes, he was out in Chicago the other day, and also he has given two million dollars to George Floyd's daughter for college. So mm. that's the most recent thing I've heard, but I haven't heard him personally say anything yet, but I don't know. I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm, I don't know. Yeah. I'm sure people probably will. Or like Jay-Z, I think also lent his private plane to some families that had to get to hearings and oh, also well. went to yeah, like but, that but kind like, of thing. I saw that. So. That's nice. But you know, he should be like, well, I just feel like people at this point need to be like, they yeah. need to vote to get well, votes, um, he got in like out. He got in hot water with that NFL thing. So I kind of like a few notches went down for me when he uh, announced that partnership with the NFL. And I was like, but Kaepernick's out of a job. Why? And you're yeah. partnering with them. And now the NFL is now apologized and kind of said like we were wrong. And I was like, okay, but he still doesn't have a job. Like, okay. But you know, so that's kind of weird, but in all these, in all these other, all these other industries, like you have noticed things in the fashion. You were telling me about this article um, in the fashion industry, like what some, what brands are doing or like some brands are saying things, some brands aren't, you know, like you were, what was the article you were telling me about? Well, it, this was in business of fashion and it was an interview with Scott Galloway. And um, he, they just talk about the, obviously the future of, of fashion and retail. And so we're not talking about in like a year or two from now, but you know, the the one brand like company that's like 
the most successful and is really ahead of everyone else is Amazon, right? That's crazy. So apparently, which I didn't know. I mean, I yeah. kind of saw it because I sometimes get like jobs and stuff, like oh, from for, Amazon for Amazon, like stylists and stuff. And I thought that was weird because, oh, wow. you know, like I, I, I just don't associate Amazon with fashion. No, I. But they apparently they been wanted to tap into that area for a while, mm-hmm. and they they reckon like there is no one like Amazon they're super ahead of everyone else they're really innovative and like even though obviously Google Apple all of these brands are incredible and like really successful um none of them has been able to do what Amazon has right because they I mean this is going into healthcare and everything but they're doing like insane like stuff you know um but yeah, with with fashion, they they basically want to tap into the luxury fashion sector. Oh wow! And that's interesting. I don't know. It is really interesting. I mean, obviously, we're talking about like years from now. You know, like, they have Shopbop, which is pretty big. Yeah, like, that. Yeah, it, so that's is, yeah. That's probably like they're, I guess, testing. You know, to see that like those designers. I guess like who's buying. I've never bought anything from Shopbop through Amazon or anything like that. Yeah, no, maybe people either, do. Um, I do think basically the whole conversation is about how this pandemic is going to affect, yeah, like retail and so who are those who are gonna make it and the ones that are already struggling and it's it's really interesting. And um, they talk about department stores basically are dying. Oh yeah, uh, it's very specialized know, now. Yeah, and and how a lot of them it's not even about like been really um with established and a big company is whether you already um jumped into like the e-commerce and you've done that well because right now it's like it's not about just getting into it and suddenly like it's jumping on board with it because it's a bit too late it's almost like you should have your business online figured out and now you've gone to the next step so um even like just because you haven't and like you know e-commerce side doesn't mean yeah. that you're actually going to be all right so it, it is really interesting and fascinating but i i learned a lot about amazon and like what they you know what they want to do um apparently wow, they have already good. some sort of partnership with vogue not that it's that cool because vogue is not great but yeah um i guess it's just a big name you know that's crazy. And speaking of Vogue, I cannot wait to read Andre Leon Talley's book. I haven't gotten it yet. I think oh it's my uh, God, me one too. of the chiffon yeah. trenches. Um, but he talks about a lot of like overcoming like his like um like just uh, everything in his job when he was working in it. He was like what in the sixties? Yeah, and it is so relevant, I think. So even more relevant been, now. I think he must have been born in the fifties. No, I know. It's in, in my in my list too. Um, I actually wanted to watch yeah. an interview. He was born. Him, oh my god, like he alive. was born in 1948. Think about it. He was like really young in like. So he 60s, I think. Days. I think that might he have been 60s when he started. Let me see. Interview. Um. 74. Yeah, he started working at Andy Warhol's factory. Like, goddamn, really I need like, to read this man's um, book. Cool. Like, <laughs> he started working at like. Oh wow! That yeah. Um, oh, I think I saw that. 
it is crazy because mm-hmm. it's you know I feel that it's unlimited when you go um when you do it. Yeah. Oh, we have like a so number. That all of that. Yeah, I was gonna say another. Literally, but it's not obviously they have like limited numbers. Oh wow! Um, but his yeah, book I, I is, think... his book is really coming out at, at like a seminal a, time. Exactly, yeah. that's what I was gonna say. How how what a crazy time for him to publish this. Like it's not that it's never. Of course, it's, this topic's always been relevant, but yeah, when things are really unraveling, especially in fashion and like all these companies are being sort of on the spotlight for preaching about like how much they care about equality and all of this and then you know you hear stories about how they actually don't and yeah totally no i said now it's going to be a real test to see like who puts like uh words into actions as far as what people have posted and now i think people are kind of holding brands accountable for like now they'll be like, oh, you said this. Well, you haven't lived up to it or you still don't have any people of color modeling or in your, you know, headquarters or, you know, things like that. So now I think people will be paying attention. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and you, you know, it's really cool, even though like I find social media really toxic at the moment. I, I love um, Diet Prada. I oh, I know. They're great anyway. Like them. They're great. You know, I know, they're all, yeah. Um, like they they just got a really small phone and I feel like it's it's really cool to see like you know they they obviously have a huge network and like a lot of contacts and and it's they're, great that they're putting the spot on these companies that yeah um, and they are literally like the supreme court of like the fashion industry they are <laughs> yeah. like they are like the highest like once you get if you get called out by like Diet Prada like you're in trouble <laughs> like. They have just, you know, so many people who, like, listen to them and trust them, you know? Yeah, exactly. Because there isn't anyone like, like that, really. Um, no, and I and agree that they use, I just think it's, they're like they're rebels, you know, of Instagram, in a way, or fashion, I suppose. Um, yeah, yeah, they have been cool. doing a lot lately. I'm just looking. I saw a few, but I hadn't looked at it for a while. And they have, especially like, yeah, they have like Celine. They have like a whole yeah, really conversation yeah. going with the Celine uh, one. And uh, yeah, yeah, it is really interesting. That's yeah, it's it's great. Much, Maybe now social media won't be all toxic and it'll be somewhat informative now going forward. Like it won't be so fake. Like maybe people will kind mm-hmm. of like morph social media into like, okay, this is more reality and not like, what I want you to see, I guess. Like, as far as people's personal ones go. You know, maybe I people... Hope so. I, I think... I I mean, I think that was the thing that differ- differentiates, like, Facebook from Instagram. Because you can be more vocal on Facebook, right? And, like, Instagram was has only been used for photos, really. And it's completely changed now. Oh, like, now we've got stories and links and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, lives, live streams. Which is really great if you follow the right people. I that's think. true. Mm-hmm. I think that's a problem. It's like, I there is so much. I mean, I feel like what's happened really made you um get to know some people that you might not know that like that before. You know, that's like, true. Yeah, like you can see where their like their political views and like just where they stand with um 
even just like human rights and, and things. Yeah, that's true. Like, yeah. And even um, it was already starting to move that way in the pandemic because there were there were like two camps of people, people who didn't think it's a big deal and wanted to go outside and then people who wanted to like respect all the scientists. So it was already like kind of splitting and then this made people kind of divide even more, it seems like. So now it's like we're very much like I'm on one side and you're on the other. So I hope that, it, yeah, I hope eventually it'll like there'll be a bridge made. But now I think it's just, yeah, it's just a lot going on. And Yeah, I mean, I was asking someone, I'm not on TikTok Obviously. Oh no, me either. <laughs> um, I'm too old for that. But I asked um someone who's a few years younger than me, who's actually on TikTok, and I asked how I was there, and she said it was the same, the same thing oh, like going the same on. Content. Yeah, the same content, which kind of surprised me because it's obviously like video, and it seemed to me that it's all very sort of silly and like fun music videos and like just little videos in general, but um. No, she said it's the same. People are using it as another platform to kind of express their frustration or, yeah, it'd be interesting just to see. Cause I oh, you mean really... it's the same as in people are, are me more political on TikTok? Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant it's the same as it's always been. Like it hasn't changed. It's like still oh, the no, same. No, no. Oh, I get it. It's the same, sorry. Yeah. Oh, it's I get the same it. Oh, as, wow. Like, any other platform, which sort of surprised me because it just seemed... That just shows how I don't really know the. Same, yeah, I thought it was silly, like silly music Same. and dances. I and think the CD, like people are just dancing. I mean, I don't see the appeal, but yeah, um, I don't either. It's I'm even, not, I'm not even 18, stories so... I don't watch. Like heads up, people, I don't really watch your stories, <laughs> but like people who follow me, I do, but I've muted so many because I'm like, it, it's just like, it's just not usually like i just never want to watch it i just watch youtube if i want to watch movies or videos you know that i like want to watch yeah but i guess exactly. a lot of people watch them a lot of people watch the stories so yeah i mean i honestly the way i see it is like you got news and then you can do a bit of i don't know like have an hour of social media right but uh, if anything i've been more encouraged to read now because it's yeah, too much true. Yeah. It, it is not legit news like what you see on Instagram. It just feels yeah. like it's kind of like gossip. Or like, yeah. You know? And podcasts. Um, what's up? What's oh, yeah. up? <laughs> They've been, been really cool. Yeah. People I listen to podcasts and like I'm um, Audible and then I actually read physical books. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm still reading the Nirvana. I'm like at the end of the Nirvana manager one um it's really good yeah i'm at the point now where they are it's really interesting actually this also has to do with like i guess socio-political issues there is a chapter where the manager's talking about like when they performed in reading to when they did like the vmas in like 92 i believe he was like everything literally happened with i remember it was 92 uh reading yeah And it was like everything was happening in like days. Like he played Reading, and then two days later they had like the MTV VMAs, and then like two days later this other monumental thing happened in like the like whole timeline of the band. So he was like, you know, it was really crazy. Then Nirvana got asked to play this benefit show in Oregon, and then this was like after uh, Reading and after like MTV, they were like starting to get into political issues, and like there was one issue that was on the ballot in Oregon in. 92 about like an anti-gay 
ba- uh, ballot, like a, you know, like proposition on the ballot. And he was like, and Kurt Cobain was like very much an ally of the gay community. And he was like, well, I totally like Nirvana will totally do a show and, you know, bring awareness to it. So they played this show and they said they could hear people in the audience kind of like, I thought this was a Nirvana fan, like not a show for like, and then, you know, enter like oh. the gay expletive here. And he was like really mad about it. And the manager was talking about like how Kurt at first when the band came out, didn't really want to like voice his political views because he didn't want to be known like as mm. only a political band, but he he really liked a lot of bands like Fugazi and Dead Kennedys that were very like very much political exactly, and always yeah, yeah. Um, But then after they kind of got big, he was like, "Well, fuck it, I'm not going to pretend and be silent." So now I'm going to speak out a lot about like feminism and like gay rights and you know like uh you know a lot of things. Also like very much he they were talking about the Axl Rose thing and how Axl was like really uh combative after that yeah, so, so what happened because it's, i thought that actually he, he wanted them to play he i did. think he wanted them to play with them to go on yeah. tour with them he but did. court Cobain didn't want to yeah. and apparently he sort of offended axel right yes i think he what happened was the fact that he didn't want to do the show he was just like i think he said i would never be caught uh ever on a stage sharing a stage with Guns N' Roses. So Axel was like really upset. And then I think what happened was at the VMA is when Francis was there and she was a baby. It was like all of them were sitting at this table and he's talking about like how Axel was kind of like talking to Kurt and then Courtney yelled something like, get out of here, blah, 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 like something like crazy. And then that's when Axel was like, get your bitch in line. Like I'm going to slam you to the pavement oh. if you to control her. And he was like, what? And he was like holding the baby and he was like, whoa, he's so aggressive. Like, I don't know why people like this music. It's like very anti-woman, very misogynist, like fuck off. Mm-hmm. Like and they had like this back and forth, but then like Duff McKagan got into it with Chris outside yeah it's it's really in depth it's by danny goldberg uh it's called serve the servant it's it's really good it, it literally is probably i've read the michael azarad nirvana bio that's like just the it's really good it's like the only authorized one but this one's cool because it's the manager like he literally is yeah. telling you backstage of all this stuff that you've heard about and it's not salacious in any way it's really interesting like it's yeah, it's, it's really, like, an interesting take on it because it's like, oh, wow, he was there, you know? Yeah, so, it sounds really cool. So yeah, definitely, um, yeah, I'll definitely get that book from you. Yeah, and then also I wanted to just touch on, uh, like, because we were just going to do a short episode, I was going to touch on another really amazing documentary that I, not that I'd forgotten about, but I hadn't seen it in a really long time. And I remember when a lot of, like, when like George Floyd killing happened and then it was very much like a lot of people were talking about like, these are the black owned businesses you should support. These are, these are, mm-hmm. you know, like black bands, these are black singers, these are, you know, and everyone was like pointing to like different places that you could look for, you know, other views on things and other places to shop. And maybe you didn't know they were black owned and like, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, so then I was thinking about this documentary that I saw a long time ago called Afropunk. And I remember just being like, uh, I mean, I, I don't know, I probably saw it when I was, like, what, like, 23, 24, I guess. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, wow, this is so cool, because I'm literally always the only Black one at a punk show, usually. Maybe maybe two or three, uh, to be honest, but I usually don't see many of myself. And I've just been getting, I just got used to that uh, when I was a kid. I mean, I guess I was always, like, one of two Black kids anywhere in my school mm-hmm. from, like, age nine and up. But... 
I, you know, and I guess like I was super young. I, I guess there's some things that I experienced that were just strange. Or I didn't know what it was because I was so young. And then as I got older, I guess, you know, it was a little bit different. It was, you know, I was more, I, there was like more, there were more people that looked like me and more multiculturalism in my high school. There were just people like from everywhere. So it wasn't really like, like overshadowed or anything like that. It wasn't like I was one of two or anything like that. But, but in the punk scene, which has always been, I mean, just majorly, it's a majority white situation and, and community. It's a documentary that kind of just follows a lot of different black kids in the punk punk scene. And they talk about their experiences and it's just, I don't know. It's really interesting since we talk all about, about punk rock and, and, we never talk about race within that. I mean, it does exist. It's, it's, it's weird. And it's a thing that people go through that maybe people didn't know, but it's actually really interesting to hear from musicians as well, how it is on their end. And yeah, DC's got bad brains. Yeah. Yeah. That was really cool. I, I have to say like, you went the most interesting thing about it that you're hearing like different perspectives and experiences. And like, it's something I definitely realized too that I didn't really see a lot of black people in in like shows like that yeah in music and I guess I I don't know I guess I thought it was just like maybe in the UK but clearly it's not because watching that documentary you realize that it it was like that here or it is like that in the US too Mm -hmm. um and it's it's interesting to hear that a lot of them quite like to be the only one yeah like one of two very self-identifying and this is 2003 i mean if you were now yeah yeah, like i don't i don't know how kids are i feel like less defined by genres now when when we were growing up it was very much like you're a raver you're a now it's very like everyone's fluid in many ways whether it's music whether it's sexuality it's like everyone is just whatever so like it's whatever you want to do. So yeah, now I feel like kids. I now when I go to shows, I'm definitely not the only black one. Not at all. Like no, it's, for it's sure. even more integrated past black and white. It's like Asian, Latin, like everyone. You know, it's not even like just separated in just two groups. So that's what's awesome about it now. But it's cool to look at this back almost almost twenty years. And yeah, things yeah. that have changed and things that almost haven't changed and yeah i encourage people to watch it it's, it's only just a little over an hour james spooner's the director a little background on him he's a tattoo artist now he kind of just was in the same situation like didn't really see a lot of himself in different shows and decided to do a kind of a documentary about it and then uh most people might now know that afropunk is a big festival it's now global, but it, I think were the first ones were in Brooklyn and uh, is like 2005, I think. So it kind of morphed into more of a commercial area. And the director of the film who started this kind of movement, he broke ties with them in 08. So it's not the same kind of like vibe. If you know Afropunk already and it, you're thinking it's going to be like a concert film about how that started, it's a little different because now it's more hip hop. It's not okay, really. Yeah, it was really when like I went. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. went in London, so it's obviously a different country and everything, but um, it was a bit low-key. It didn't seem... That, that's what was cool about it. It wasn't, like, really mainstream and like, or, like, a huge production or anything like that, you know? Like, there was, like, a few stations where you could get drinks and stuff, but um, I... Oh, I was going to say something. I forgot. <laughs> um, Yes, I was going to say... 
so I guess it's interesting that, that it got turned into a festival because the whole thing about punk is that you shouldn't, it's not, it's never going to be mainstream. You know, you don't want it. That's not the aim. If you're, especially for that guy who founded it, like, I'm sure that was not his vision, you know, because the whole point is to just like, just enjoy the music and yeah. just be like a community. So yeah, it, it, it probably makes sense. He didn't want to profit from that idea, you know, because he yeah. thought it defeated the purpose of punk. In the yeah, totally. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really interesting story. Um, It's on YouTube, like in its entirety. Uh, so I'll leave a comment in the notes. But yeah, I just want to tell people to just be educated, read about what's going on in your area, because we're all like global citizens at this point, <laughs> you know, just because you live in a small exactly. town somewhere, like doesn't mean that you're not a part of this entire world and that you can't do something. There's been protests everywhere, you know, so even in a really small town. So Black Lives Matter, I'll put in the uh, comments or in the show notes. And they have a huge resource where there are lots of places all over the world you can donate and you can decide where you want to, you know, look into it or just get more information. They have a pretty Yeah, I mean, there's one. so many things you can do. I think obviously it seems like the most important one if you're in the US it, yeah. to vote. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> you know? most definitely. That- they should be like a huge motivator to be honest for yeah. that to happen um and i think it, it, it will be really well yeah, yeah i think it will i think we've got people like just get more to get more active now they can act now i think everyone can really see how a vote really fucking matters like it does make a difference it literally is it not does. for nothing yeah like, come on That's... and i think i i think like a lot of people is like when you those people who think, oh, I can't make a difference, you know, there's a lot of people out there who generally think whatever they do is really not going to make any difference, where, I mean, I never saw that, I feel like, you know, if you you believe that you can contribute even in a small way, there will be like a ton of people out there who think the same way as you, and then you create that difference, so Mm -hmm. I I feel like there are things that people can do for sure, and like, I don't think I mentioned this to you before, but I did have some, um, this lady contacted me on, on Instagram. Oh. And when there was like, when the protest and, you know, the looting was going on, like those like kind of early days um, mm-hmm. in, in Washington. And I think basically she was like, she gave herself the job of actually approaching people and to start a conversation and basically just like, hey, I saw that you posted about this. Obviously, you care about this issue. If you want any more information, I, as a Black woman, I will be really interested to talk to you. She just wanted to spread the message and any sort of information that she had. And she felt that it was really important to listen to, like, obviously, Black voices, you know? Yeah. And and so she, that's her way of contributing to this. She was, like, reaching out to people just to, like, see um, if she could help in any way just by talking to to you and I thought that was really I felt really touched by that because yeah that's cool this is just one person and actually it's amazing what she's doing you know is there a lot of people out there doing the same I I think it's just really interesting and now you've mentioned it and now other people are going to hear this so her message go even further and you never know I mean I do think a lot you know a lot of time is due to ignorance and so yeah a lot of it's learned. A lot of people just don't know. It's, I mean, uh, 
a lot of people just don't know. That's what's the most frustrating thing. You know, especially for, I I feel like it's different for, like, big cities, right? I think the situation's completely different. But then you think about, like, in this case, Midwest America or little remote places in the U.S., well, there is no diversity. So it's like, how are these people going to really know any better? I'm just saying, not excusing them, but yeah. I, I think that um, it, it is tricky, right? Because yeah. how, how do they know? Or like, if they don't have any like black friends or, you know, yeah, or community that's diverse. Any diversity from TV. So they only know stereotypes of di- like of of different groups, you know? They like don't really yeah. know a person. So, yeah, it kind of, it's kind of, it the, the Afropunk show, it's, or, like, documentary really shows, it's, like, you know, there's so many different stereotypes, and, like, you know, it's just, it's weird being a different, it's weird being out of the stereotype that people think that, that they know about you, and then they're, like, oh, really? Yeah, like, exactly. It's, I mean, I still get it. People are, find it crazy that I listen to grunge and Nirvana. Not crazy, but <laughs> I think people are kind of, like, whoa, you're, like, really into this, and, like, yeah, I kind of am. <laughs> I've been into it for a long time. I'm probably a, a rare one, but I should still totally be on one of those recaps for like pop culture, 90s knowledge, you know, where they like interview people. I was like, how do they get this job? I need this job. I need to be talking about all this random 90s pop culture that I know like all the time. So Well, you know so much. Yeah, I, I like it though. I like talking about it and, and it's super fun to even do this this podcast. It's cool, you know? Like yeah it. it's fun no it's, it is and like you know thanks for having me yeah no <laughs> i get to talk too um yeah it's cool yeah. and we have lots of episodes coming up uh i guess we'll wrap it up now but we've got lots of episodes coming up that we have in the vault so i'm just probably going to release them like you know whenever but I'll- yeah i mean you know like people the truth is people can't really be listening or watching you 24 7 so like no. I, I, I see it's a real treat to just take a break and listen to something or watch a film um to to take your mind off things just for a little while of what's going on so um it's good to have a balance now it's good to have a balance you can't just do you know all news and stuff because that then you feel (laughs) and also people should seek out news in like different areas because sometimes like you know, you'll only see one side. You only see like negative. Yeah, I kept seeing all this looting, and I was like, okay, this is not like what. I, obviously, I know it's ratings you're going for, but like, this is not the message. You know, like we don't want to see people looting over and over and over again. Like, no, exactly. The media sometimes, I mean, most of the time, doesn't really do a good job by just, um, you know, focusing on on the whatever thing that happened. Yeah, and repeat that. They just have craziness. Yeah, and and you, if you're out there watching Fox News, please stop and just watch something uh, else. Yes, it is not legit news at all, and it's very and just, one-sided. And just seek exactly. out something else, God, please. <laughs> yeah, and if you do watch Fox News, and uh, maybe you shouldn't listen to this, <laughs> it's like we're probably <laughs> not going to agree on much. But we are talking about movies most of the time, so you know that's. <laughs> kind of the goal who knows man i guess we'll see what happens uh, and the next ones you'll hear are going to be like while we're still in quarantine so we have like quarantine brain in like most of them so we're just yeah. like rambling and i think we're going to do a bonus episode on like an actor maybe we haven't decided yet so we'll see 
we get somewhere. Yeah, let's not give anything. Yeah, I won't give that away. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, well, this has been super great and just talking about more current stuff. I feel like we are always living in the past, so it's good to, like, fast forward to now. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it's been it's been fun. And uh, we'll see you on the next one. See you. Bye. Bye.